Well, when it comes to hunting, uh, especially if you come from a hunting family like I have, I, I think I can say fairly confidently that almost everybody will remember their first big game animal. And for me, it was a deer. This is my story. Welcome to the Buick Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Shelton Marion, and on this podcast, we dive deep into the outdoors. We discuss hunting and fishing techniques, give you tips and tricks, tell stories, and everything in between to help you enjoy the outdoors. This podcast is brought to you by Northbound Gear. Northbound Gear is designed for maneuverability and durability and is made to last through even the toughest of elements. My go-to for their pants is the Water Resistance Adventure Pants and their lined waterproof jeans. I've worn them while out ice fishing, crawling through the woods bear hunting, and on the west coast out on the boat. And I even wear them around when I'm having a lazy day at the house. They are that comfortable. They also offer jackets, summer pants, backpacks, and many more. Men's and women's sizes are available, and by partnering with One Tree Planted, you're planting a tree with every purchase. Check them out for yourself at northboundgear.co, and when you use my promo code SHELDON15 at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your order. That's northboundgear.co and promo code SHELDON15. So for me, uh, you know, I grew up in a in a very hunter-friendly family. Uh, everybody hunts, everybody fishes. Uh, some of us have trapped and all that good stuff, you know, but... Uh, the majority of us were all just kind of hunting crazy. And uh, for me growing up, I never really cared too much about school. Didn't care about what I'm going to be when I grow up. Uh, with me, my biggest thing was when can I get my hunting license, my own tags, and hunt by myself and go fishing by myself. And uh, so for me growing up getting my first big game animal and in this case was a deer was a huge huge thing for me uh for me i remember i was 10 years old uh that's the i think that's the minimum age you can get your uh your hunting license here in bc and for me my birthday is in august and it was always just a couple of days before moose season all that good stuff and I want to say I had to wait until after moose season to get my license because uh, in BC we had to take a core course, which is the uh, Conservation Outdoor Recreation Education Program. And for that, it's basically a, a test to see, uh, it tests your hunting knowledge and all that stuff so you can get your hunter number card. And once you get your hunter number, then you can get your own hunting license. So f- for me, I studied that way more than I studied any of like my final exams to graduate to be honest with you you know I knew that book through and through I knew all my gun safety there was no way I was going to fail this two-day course and uh, I took my course at the Rod and Gun Club in Charlie Lake Uh, I want to say it was fairly late in the year like kind of September October-ish kind of area and Man, once as I got that course done and I got that that little card, it was just like watching Willy Wonka, you know, when he holds up his golden ticket. For me, that hunter number card was my golden ticket. You know, I could finally get my hunting license. I could finally get my own tags. 
and oh, I was off to the races. I could not wait. And uh, I don't don't quite remember how long it took for like the hunter card to come in and for me to get my license and all that stuff. But as soon as it came in, we went down to backcountry when their store was still down on Main Street in Fort St. John there. And uh, walked in, got my license, got my deer tag, and off to the races we went. And I remember it was in November, because back then uh, the only mule deer season was November 1st to the 30th or 31st, however many days there are in November, and it had to be four-point or bigger mule deer. And at that time, a four-point mule deer around uh, our area, it, it wasn't like a, a big thing. You know, there were just, there was a lot of deer. Uh, also, back in those days, uh, Dad was actually an operator out in Buick. And uh, the place that he operated in the field, uh, you know, back then, every single farm was like a separate family. Nowadays, there's a handful of families that own kind of a majority of the land out there with a couple of one-offs. But back then, you know, there was Thiessens, Bukerts, uh, Reeds, Giesbricks, a few others that I can't quite remember. Sorry, guys, if you're listening to this. But, uh, you know, back then, Dad kind of knew everybody. And then also we went door to door. And, uh, you know, they're a little bit more lenient when you're when you're introducing a, a kid to, to hunting too. So we had permission to hunt like not quite every square mile of South Buick, but pretty darn close. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, you know, dad put in a lot of work with that, but he also made me go with him and knock on doors and ask for permission and all that stuff. You know, we, we did our homework and, uh, well, not really homework, but we put in the miles and we talked to a lot of people, got a lot of permission from a lot of different guys and, uh, and women out there. And uh, the place that the one deer was hanging out on, it was just before the South Buick plant. When you come down that road, you kind of come down to a a T-intersection, and there's a a field right at that T-intersection. If you keep going down, it'll end up swooping around. You go down to the Blueberry River, or you can hang a left, and that goes towards the South Buick plant, and then a couple of other little wells and batteries that are right right in, in behind there. Well, it's not really batteries, pump jacks and stuff. But uh, for us, we were watching a herd of deer that was just right in the corner. And uh, they were kind of off to the right-hand side. So when we came in there, you could just see over the hill that there was a herd of deer there. So we were able to go down the road, keep going straight. And uh, I remember there was a big mound of dirt. I don't know. I'm pretty sure somebody dug dug out a, a dugout and then just piled all the dirt there right beside the road kind of a thing so we were able to pull the truck up to there get out walk up on top of this hill and then we could just sit there and, and glass and see the the deer that were i don't know maybe 200 yards away kind of a thing so me and dad we crawled up there and we were laying down and at the time i can't remember if dad was remarried or not but karen was there with us and, you know, she's all new to hunting, too. Uh, 
when I took my core course, it was me, my brother Blaine, and Karen, my stepmom. Uh, we all took it at the same time, and we all passed. And uh, so she was all excited. She didn't grow up hunting or anything like that. So when we were up on top of that hill, me and Dad were, were laying down, and Karen had binoculars, and she was getting pretty excited. And we were looking at the deer. Me and Dad were talking back and forth, kind of whispering and all that good stuff. And, you know, I, I can't remember if my deer was in that herd or if we were looking at a smaller one. I want to say we were looking at a smaller one because Karen ended up kind of sitting up because you couldn't quite see over the hill. And so she kind of stood up with the binoculars and she started kind of talking a little bit loud and she was all excited and whatever, you know. She goes, I can't see him or where is he? Or She said something, then it kind of got a couple of deer's attention and it wouldn't have been too bad, but there was like 30 deer there. So as soon as she started kind of talking a little loud and then the wind kind of blew too, it was, it was a couple of things that didn't quite work in our favor. You know, you had like 30 deer heads that were all sitting there eating. They all picked up their heads and just went whoop and just stared right at us. And as soon as that happened, we're like, oh, well, we're busted. So the deer started walking away from us at an angle. And so we knew that the road, if we would, if we went back on the road, hang a right going towards the plant, hang another right, we can go into this side road where there's a bunch of other little wells and stuff like that in there. So we climbed off our little hill there, a little mound, whatever it was, you know, 10 feet high kind of a thing. And we get back into the truck. We go up, start going back towards the plant, hang a right. And we parked the truck at the one little, I think it might have been a test satellite there, but anyway, that don't matter. And we end up walking just at an angle straight towards the deer to a fence. And I think that's when my deer kind of came out jumped the fence and started walking towards the does and started to kind of push the other deer like the other bucks off and uh i'm pretty sure that's what happened on it it's been a while so my my memory's a little shady but anyways we see this giant deer that comes walking out and now i went from like I don't even know how you go from extremely excited to, like, the next level up. I went from a 10 out of 10 to, like, an 11 out of 10. You know, <laughs> you should see this, like, Bambi's dad walking out towards you kind of a thing. And uh, so dad takes his gun off his shoulder, hands it to me, gives me the bullets, and it's a Weatherby Mark V. Uh, I think it was an all-weather AccuBreak, all that good stuff. Or no, maybe, no, it didn't have a muzzle brake. I lied to you there. But great big, long 26-inch barrel, heavy gun. And uh, for me at the time, I've always, it took me a long time for me to, to grow. <laughs> so I'm like four foot nothing, holding on to this gun that feels like a cannon. And uh, it's a 7mm Weatherby. And I put it up on top of a fence post, and I'm, sitting there like on my tippy toes and I can just barely see this deer and he starts to kind of gather everything up and he starts to walk back towards the fence line and he kind of turns and he was he was getting close so I don't know if I got panicky or what but 
I said, well, this is the only shot I got. So I took a shot, and with me being up on my tippy toes and also shooting a 7mm Weatherby, being 10 years old, four foot nothing, I pulled the trigger, and the kick kind of kicked me off my tippy toes, and I took a couple of steps back, and <laughs> I look around. Did I get him? <laughs> and at the time, too, when you look, None of the deer kind of scurried off, and I couldn't see my buck anymore. So I thought he must have, I must have missed, and he jumped that fence and he was gone. Well, it turns out I shot uh, pretty high and I clipped him in the spine, and it just kind of broke his spine. And uh, so he was sitting there, you know, with a broken spine. They kind of, their back legs kind of quit working, but he could still use his front legs. So he was slowly crawling towards that fence. So dad said, give me the gun. So he put another one in him. Not too sure where he shot him. I'm assuming the neck. And uh, so down goes the deer. And we're all excited and I'm happy as hell. And, you know, just tickled pink. And now it's time to get to work. So uh, we end up walking out there, grab the deer. We're looking over it, you know, celebrating, take a couple of pictures or whatever. And, uh, dad starts to to gutten this thing and i can't remember he must have been in like a slight little incline or or something but once we we skinned him down and opened him up and got everything ready to pull the guts out dad grabbed him by his head or his front shoulders kind of a thing and kind of picked him up and then that way everything can kind of slide out uh but when the guts kind of came out, you know, you get that little pool of blood. And for whatever reason, I, I didn't want to scoop it out. I don't know if it was, I was still pumped up that I got my deer and I, you know, dad being just all business kind of a thing. It was Kate deer's done. It's time to get this thing gutted and start getting them cooled. Like there's no time to celebrate. We'll celebrate when he's in the truck kind of a thing. But, uh, maybe it was that maybe I was a little skittish or something uh I I don't know but (laughs) dad's sitting here he's holding this deer up everything's open the guts are out and we just gotta scoop the last little bit of blood that pools up inside the bottom of the rib cage out and I was just like swatting at it kind of like a cat swats at like a couch kind of a thing (laughs) and dad he's sitting there he starts yelling at me he goes hurry up, get her done, okay, okay, and I start, you know, doggy paddling pretty well, and I finally did eventually get it all scooped out and all that, but, uh, yeah, they they still tease me to about that to this day, you know, especially when I was younger, little side story, uh, it was just before school started, and I don't know how old I was, I must have been maybe six or something like that. But mom just went out and bought us all new school clothes, new shoes, new shirts, pants, you know, what you do with kids, right? When they're getting ready to go back to school. And dad took us out to shoot some chickens. Well, for whatever reason, I was wearing all my new school clothes. And after we shot a couple of chickens, I wanted to help dad clean chickens. And he said, no, you're not going to help me get, you know, you're not going to help me clean up these chickens. You know, you'll, you'll get bloody and dirty and whatever. And, you know, he, I'll just do it. 
Well, when we got home, I ratted my dad out because I came running into the house, bawling my eyes out, and mom was like, oh, my God, what, like, Shane, what did you do to your kid? He goes, I don't know. And I looked at my mom, just tears rolling down my face, just crying like a baby, basically, and I said, dad wouldn't let me get bloody. (laughs) So I went from that to... I don't want to touch the blood. <laughs> so something something in between A and B there, uh, you know, something went wrong. <laughs> but anyways, we, we end up getting the deer into the truck and got them all skinned out and everything like that. And uh, I'll put up a picture, I don't know, somewhere here. I got the green screen on so I can just kind of bloop right there. I'll put the deer up. And uh, it's a really nice, uh, who's he, a five by four mule deer. Nice, wide, real tall. But uh, we ended up getting him into the truck, and we took him to the Charlie Lake Butcher when he was still open. I think there's a post office there now. But, uh, you know, being a kid, and at the time, uh, I think the deal was, Dad would pay for the core course, the hunting license, the tag, and all that good stuff, as long as Mom paid for the uh, the butchering cost. So, you know, whatever, you know, Mom and Dad, they were divorced at the time and all that, you know, all that jazz. But uh, going in, being a kid, I had no idea how much meat you got off of a deer. To me, it, it was like a cow or something i don't know meat is meat and i got a deer and i'm gonna you know get some meat out of the deal so we're in the butcher shop and uh back then it was like a i think 98 cents a pound or maybe a dollar a pound for a wild game to get butchered up and you know typical butcher you know good job nice deer whatever what do you want made with it and me being a kid not having a clue and also dad just being like hey i'm not paying for it they gave me free reign <laughs> and uh yeah giving free uh, you know giving the kid free range of what he wants done with his deer is a very bad idea unless you want a ton of pepperoni and jerky because that's what i got uh you know the butcher just said well what do you like you know what do you want and being a kid, well, I love jerky. I love pepperoni. Let's get a bunch of that made up. I said, how much? I, said, I don't know. What's the, you know, how much can I get? He goes, well, the minimum is 30 pounds each. Well, might as well get 30 or 60 pounds of it. I don't know. I, to me, a, a, the deer was five, 600 pounds, even though it wasn't, you know, it <laughs> might have been. 140 ish 160 kind of a thing you know just the big mule deer but uh yeah so the butcher was like okay so 30 pounds of jerky 30 pounds of pepperoni and i think i might have even got smokies done too and then we got some minute steaks done up and then i said roast and hamburger like pretty well he gave me a list and i just said yes (laughs) <laughs> like there was no I don't want that except for maybe stew meat but like everything I was like yeah I want it all you know my first year I'm excited I love jerky I love pepperoni and 
you know, usually there's like a minimum requirement for when it comes to jerky and pepperoni. Uh, typically it's like 30 pounds. And uh, when you start to get into those kinds of things too, your butchering prices, they go from like a buck a pound to like four to six dollars a pound. And I, I didn't know. You know, I was just, I want jerky. I want pepperoni. What do you, what do you want from me, you know? <laughs> I'm just a kid, and Dad's like, I'm not paying for it. So, yeah, if the kid wants pepperoni, his mom said he'll pay for she'll pay for it. You know, so <laughs> I I don't remember the exact cost of it when we went and picked it up, but uh, I know Mom was not happy. Uh, I also know that we were eating. Well, the jerky went by quick. Maybe we only got like 30 pounds of jerky. But the pepperoni, we were eating mule deer pepperoni for like, I kid you not, like a year. And it wasn't just like a piece here and there. You know, like me and my brother would take it for lunch. We'd eat it after school. We'd eat it on the weekends. We would eat it before going to bed. Like we were constantly eating this mule deer pepperoni. And like our freezer was full of it. So, I mean, that deer probably cost my mom, like, three or $400 to get butchered up. And, like, 90% of that cost was just pepperoni and jerky. <laughs> Mainly pepperoni. Like, it was, oh, it was so expensive. Uh, you know, one thing that that was, uh, doesn't really suck, but I don't know what the, the word is for it. But, uh, you know, we... We never really grew up, like, keeping horns and stuff like that. You know, I think my dad's horns, I got those uh, from his moose. But other than that, and a cinnamon bear that he shot, and his really big mule deer that he got, you know, we were never a family to kind of keep horns and all that. Uh, With my mule deer, we did cut the horns off, and we did keep it. But it was never really, like, ingrained in us, like, this is a trophy deer. Like this is something that you need to hold on to and cherish. And I had the horns for the longest time. Uh, you know, these, I have cheap little like stack on, uh, gun safes. And I always had one in my room with my one rifle in it. And I had the horns sitting up on top of that. I remember one day the horns fell off and they hit the ground and the skull split. So, and I just had like pretty well two horns, and it was like, man, eh, you know, whatever. They're, in my mind, it was like just horns. So it was, you know, whatever. It wasn't a big deal. And then I think eventually my dog ended up chewing on one of the horns or something because they fell off again. I, I can't remember how the dog got a hold of the horns, but the dog ended up eating them. But again, at that time, it was like their horns. You know, like, we were never, like, oh, you need to keep that. Like, that's that's a nice deer. And it was kind of the same thing when I got a really big moose. You know, it was still in velvet, and I should have peeled the velvet off and, and kept it or took it to a taxidermist and got them to inject it with the uh, formaldehyde or whatever it is that they use. But, uh, you know, we never really, never really kept horns, you know. We... You know, you got a picture that's good enough kind of a thing is how we kind of grew up. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't have those horns. Uh, I think if I did, I would 100% go to a taxidermist and get it mounted. You know, just get a, 
I don't know, whatever. Shoot another mule deer and use that cape for it kind of a thing. But, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have the horns, but what I do have is pictures of it and uh, <laughs> some pretty good memories and some laughs that we can uh, we can all laugh at now. But, uh, yeah, that's my story of my first mule deer that I shot. And, uh, you know, it's... It, put in motion something a lot bigger than what I thought, you know, growing up, like I said, I never really cared about school. When people ask me what I'm going to do when I grow up for a little bit, I said doctor or paramedic and yeah, maybe a conservation officer. And then I went, you know what? I, I kind of want a job where I get to use a, a gun. You know what I mean? Like I get to pack a rifle. So, and I thought maybe military police, guiding and now the path that i'm on hopefully someday soon it'll be just kind of youtube really but uh yeah uh just the memories of getting your first deer or your first big game animal it's something that will uh it definitely gets cemented into your mind and i'm sure i can talk on behalf of the majority of people watching and, and listening to this that uh they definitely remember where they were, what they used, and what they got. You know, for me, it was November. It was a warm day, very little snow. Uh, used a Mark V Weatherby, 7mm Weatherby Magnum with a Leopold scope on it. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Now we're here. Now making a podcast about it and uh, <laughs> making other hunting videos about, you know, shooting other animals and stuff. And, you know, it, uh, yeah, it sure is amazing where where a guy has started and where it leads him to. And uh, for me, man, hunting, fishing and being in the outdoors, uh, if you're not doing it, you're not living right, you know, but uh that's my story. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, if you're listening to this, you know, give me a rating. Let me know how you liked it. Uh, head over to YouTube to watch it and also to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, who knows, maybe one day we'll see you out there in the woods. Catch you on the next one.